Good afternoon and welcome to the Wednesday edition of the Manitoba Farm Journal. I'm your host, Corey Canute. Coming up this afternoon, we'll hear from Rick White with the Canadian Canola Growers Association. Up first in today's country comment, I'll chat with the president of Direct Farm Manitoba. The latest farm news and market numbers all coming up over the next 60 minutes. The time now is 12 o'clock. Here's a look at our local news. Good afternoon, you're listening to the Manitoba Farm Journal. The federal and provincial governments will be supporting a project which will allow local food producers and farmers markets to sell their products online. Phil Veldhaus is the president of Direct Farm Manitoba. So what was announced is some funding for us to support uh, farmers who direct market their product, either through farmers markets or through delivery or on-farm sales. Uh, looks like this summer is going to be very difficult to engaging consumers in the ways farmers have in the past. And so we have to think up some strategies to make sure that those farmers can get their product to consumers and that consumers can have the food they're counting on. It was $160,000 uh, towards a software platform uh, to allow people to, to order. Um, can you just fill us in on, on how this will work? That 160000 includes... Uh, about uh, some funding for a bunch of things. Uh, the software and sort of transitioning the farmers to using it is one part of it. Other parts of it are uh, communicating, designing and communicating best farm practices for COVID-19 commercial transactions, uh, whether that be, you know, not contactless uh, farm pickup or, you know, how to run your U-pick so that uh, people feel safe and want to come to the farm um, how to run a farmer's market in, uh, in COVID-19 times. Uh, there's a whole bunch of stuff that has to be figured out. And the, uh, we believe the software uh, platform that will let people pre-order will be a big part of that. So that they, we, if we can take the cash and the, and the uh, haggling and the, all of that uh, sort of personal part of it out of the, out of the uh, transaction then uh, actually getting the product can be uh, made much more safe. And uh, what, what sort of timeline are you looking at to get this in place? Well, to be honest with you, we, uh, the announcement is uh, just happening now, but we've been working on this for some time, and we already have our, uh, our, our highest profile member, which is the St. Norbert Farmers Market, has been transitioned to a uh, partially online market uh, it's it's got an ordering system, and you can do uh, in your car pickup from the St. Norbert Farmers Market every Saturday. And we want to roll that out to the other markets as they would normally have begun their uh, openings. So uh, different markets open at different times in the season as their local products become available. Uh, we also have uh, a number of members who are have been selling online uh, for some time, and so. You know, making sure that their profile is high um, and that people are aware of this source of food at a time when it looks like the mainstream supply chains are starting to break down. And uh, so, you know, going directly to the farmer looks like a really good idea. That was Phil Veldhaus, president of Direct Farm Manitoba. A look at what's happening in the markets this afternoon is coming up. Good afternoon. I'm Corey Canute. McDonald's Canada, which promotes its use of Canadian beef, says it will begin importing beef to satisfy demand. The change in policy is due to reduced processing capacity amid COVID-19. McDonald's says it will buy as much Canadian beef as possible and supplement the remainder. 
the Angus burger is also being temporarily removed from the menu in Canada. Farmers are starting to see weeds pop up. Tammy Jones is the province's weed specialist. Sunday I walked through one of my cornfields and noticed a bunch of different biennial, winter annuals that were doing quite well. So some flixweed, narrow-leaved hawksbeard, dandelion, stinkweed, all those types of plants starting to do uh, really, really well and scarily so, starting to progress along so fast that they're getting almost out of stage at times. So it is that time where pre-seed herbicide application or some tillage or something to control those weeds is very important. Jones expects to see a lot more perennial issues this year in addition to winter annuals. And the Canola Council of Canada is continuing its outreach internationally to develop contacts and promote canola in new markets. President Jim Everson. These activities are affected by COVID-19 mitigation efforts uh, as a result of the lack of ability to travel and, and so on. But we continue this work. In December, Canola Council staff were in Pakistan meeting with industry and government officials. We have been hosting seminars directed to the feed industry, providing information on canola meal and animal feed rations. And we've been updating our promotional and technical information materials and distributing them to target markets. Everson says they continue to work on restoring full access to China. That was a look at today's farm news. I'm Corey Canute. Good afternoon and welcome to the Prairie Egg Wire for Wednesday, April 29th. I'm Corey Canute. Coming up today, we'll hear from Rick White with the Canadian Canola Growers Association. Canadian Canola Growers Association President and CEO Rick White took part in a call yesterday to update producers on the situation with China. Here's a bit of what he had to say. I'd just like to reiterate that uh, when the uh, issue of uh, China blocking canola seed occurred over a year ago now, um, the government um, and industry set up the Canola Working Group. Just a reminder that Canola Working Group continues to work to this day. Um, Jim is the co-chair, uh, the industry co-chair of the Canola Working Group and uh, producer representation uh, from CCJ includes Bernie McLean, our chair of the board of directors and Mike Amateur, the vice chair and myself and we have regular calls. Um, on the agenda, um, typically for that working group uh, is an item that we call producer support and that's where uh, we're quite active in giving direct feedback to the government on the situation. Um, a regular agenda item um, is also uh, biofuels and Jim had, uh, mentioned that briefly. Um, I'm going to concentrate just for a moment on what we are doing on the domestic market diversification, diversification front for biofuels and trying to increase the use of biofuels in Canada overall. We are pushing to increase the national uh, renewable fuel standard uh, to 5% of renewable content in diesel nationally. Um, that um, is still under discussion, um, but at the mean, in the meantime, we are continuing to do work uh, more domestically and provincially. Um, just a quick update, uh, Quebec, uh, the provinces of Quebec is currently consulting on moving to a uh, 4% uh, renewable fuel standard in the province of Quebec, uh, which is very good news. They're in a consultation mode uh, right now, and we are providing direct input 
to that. And just to give you a sense of where they're going or thinking right now in their consultations, they're proposing a, a 1% uh, uh, renewable content for diesel uh, in 2021 and moving uh, to 4% by 2027. Um, just to give you a, a, an example of what that means, a 4% mandate in Quebec could be as much as 455,000 tonnes of canola, but that's assuming that there's no other feedstocks available to fill that mandate, which is pretty unreasonable. Um, on the lower side of the scale, it could be as much as 180 to 200,000 tonnes of canola seed. That's if canola is at its typical 40% uh, market share of the feedstock. So there is some opportunity coming there, but it's going to be a while. It's going to take a number of years for that to be implemented. But we are still working not only provincially, but nationally to get this in place as a domestic mar market development and diversification initiative to increase the demand for canola here in Canada. Another longstanding um, agenda item of the Canola Working Group is business risk management. And we are continually and actively outside, inside and outside the, uh, the um, Canola Working Group, uh, we are asking for changes to business risk management programs. Um, our, our primary ask is, is basically um, agri-stability. We would like to see that program changed. Uh, we've been talking about that for a long time with the government and we continue to press on that issue. Uh, I'll note that the there is an extension of the deadline to apply to July 3rd for agri-stability this year. Um, so that's one small step forward. But our real ask is we are pushing the government to, in, to uh, return the uh, reference margin uh, to 85% up from current 70%. And we want to remove the reference margin limit. Uh, those are two asks uh, to improve the agri-stability program as quickly as the government can do it. We know that they're considering it, but again, no decisions to date from the government on that. Uh, adjacent to that ask is we are asking the government to look at Agri-Invest and have proposed that Agri-Invest should be moved to uh, the government contribution up to 5%, currently at 1% of allowable net sales and with no matching. So we're asking the government to put in 5% without government matching um, into Agri-Invest. That is being met with, I, I would say, uh, apprehension, to put it uh, lightly, I guess. Um, but we still continue to push that uh, as well. There seems to be a bit of convergence on doing something through agri-recovery, um, still yet to be determined, but those are other discussions that we're currently having as well. And then finally, uh, usually the, uh, the advanced payment program comes up under producer support as well. And uh, so just a reminder that uh, the uh, 2018 advanced payments program uh, had a, an extended stay of default for the 2018 program, which would have come due the end of March. Um, and we went to the government and were successful in getting that extension another extension to the 2018 program with a new deadline of September 30th now. The problem is that September 30th deadline for the 2018 program also lines up with the deadline for the 2019 program. And so we'll be wa watching closely and monitoring that very closely um, into the late spring, early summer to see if something needs to be done with those deadlines. Um, and for those of you that aren't aware, 
on the phone, uh, CCGA is um, an administrator of that advanced payments program for the federal government. And they increased the limits to a million dollars last year um, in a, to uh, recognize the cash flow crunch that farmers were having. So that kind of rounds out, Jim, the, uh, the producer support uh, section that I wanted to talk about as it relates to China and some of the changes that have been going on um, over the past year. That was Canadian Canola Growers Association President and CEO, Rick White. That's it for the Prairie Eggwire for today. If you have any questions or opinions to share, send them to us by email to the farm desk at goldenwestradio.com. I'm Corey Canute. Thanks for listening and have a great afternoon. The Prairie Eggwire will return tomorrow on the Golden West Farm Network. Time now for a look at the farm calendar. The Livestock Markets Association of Canada annual convention has been postponed. The Animal Nutrition Conference of Canada has been postponed as well. Crops of Palooza 2020, scheduled for July in Carberry, has been cancelled. The Manitoba Summer Fair in Brandon has been cancelled. And the Red River Exhibition has also been cancelled. Continuing with the Manitoba Farm Journal here on this Wednesday afternoon, BASF and the Canadian Agricultural Safety Association have launched a new online platform to provide families with information, interactive resources, and activities on farm safety. Marcel Hacot is the executive director with CASA. So normally what would happen is we partner with the Progressive Ag Foundation and the local communities to to host uh, safety days. And generally those happen uh, in the months of May and June towards the end of the school year. And, um, you know, it's a, it's a community-led day that uh, usually walks uh, youth from... Uh, up to 13 years old, about safety on the farm, safety in the yard, safety at home. And this year, because of uh, all the the changes in the education and everything, uh, we realized that those safety days were not going to happen, and not in a traditional way. So um, BASF has been a supporter of the safety days in the past, and they came to us and said, can we do something? that uh, is going to allow parents and uh, teachers, if they want to, to uh, still have some activities that support and promote safety at home and on the farm. Tell us a bit more about the uh, the online platform, what it'll look like, and, and how people can access that. Yeah, so what we've did, we've created under our resources tab, we've created a, a, a for kids. Uh, so we uh, what we did is we compiled some resources for children so depending on the age of your kids and how active they are on the farm uh we've got uh, you know how how to play safe on the farm with with kids um we've got kind of if you have older children really a bit of a contract what can you do and what can't you do on the farm type of thing so it's kind of clear having that conversation with your child um we appropriated a game we had developed with our be green safe program so just a little online game for kids to play and it uh, gets a discussion about what uh, the dangers, hazards around grain and stuff, what you can't, can't do, kind of in a fun, fun little setting. And then for older children, if they're going to be helping out, and we know a lot of children are at home and they want to help out, we've got Ag Youth Work, work Guidelines. So uh, something to walk you through about what your child is uh, physically and mentally able to do on the farm in a safe area. A safe way and then going right back to basics uh, creating safe play areas on your farm keeping the kids away from from the hazards on the farm where the traffic is and where where the um, where it could be dangerous and then back I guess rounding it all up 
uh, Progressive Ag Foundation because they can't have the physical safety days. They've been holding daily drops. So if you go on their YouTube uh, channel, they'll have one activity every day that you can uh, host with your kids or, or do with your kids that's related to safety. So uh, just trying to bunch up a couple of uh, activities that uh, parents and uh, teachers can use uh, to still have that safety activity, still have that safety content in with your children. That was Marcel Hacco, Executive Director with the Canadian Agricultural Safety Association. Another look at what's happening in the markets heading into the close is coming up in just a moment. Time now for another look at today's farm news. The Canola Council of Canada updated producers this week on the situation with China. President Jim Everson said the last technical call was held March 30th. China at that time informed Canada that the current trade in canola seed can continue at this time but the dockage levels would need to be less than 1% in all future shipments as of uh, effective April 1st. Canada has been shipping about 30% of what we would normally have been um, exporting in the way of canola seed to China uh, over recent months. Those shipments, for the most part, have been at low dockage levels, so that level of trade should be able to continue under these circumstances with China. China banned shipments of canola seed from Viterra and Richardson back in March of 2019. Warmer weather over the past week has resulted in many weeds emerging in farmers' fields. Tammy Jones with Manitoba Agriculture had this outlook for 2020. Probably looking at a lot more perennial issues, uh, winter annuals as well. So think Canada thistle, think dandelion, flicksweed, narrowly toxbeard. We're also seeing stinkweed and shepherd's purse. And then I've also noticed more kochia coming already, and I don't think lamb's quarters will be far behind. Perennials and winter annuals have a step ahead because they've had the fall with lots of moisture and now a nice spring that's also helping them out. Jones says farmers may want to consider a pre-seed herbicide application or tillage to help reduce weed populations early in the season. And Manitoba Egg Farmers has partnered with Winnipeg Harvest to donate locally produced eggs on an ongoing basis. 10,000 eggs per week will be donated. Winnipeg Harvest and its food network of 300 food banks and partner agencies across the province are considered essential frontline workers during the coronavirus crisis. Manitoba Egg Farmers represents 170 regulated egg and pullet farmers in the province. I'll be back after this to wrap up today's program. We've come to the end of another Manitoba Farm Journal. I'm your host, Corey Canute. If you have any questions or comments, you can reach us by email, thefarmdesk at goldenwestradio.com. Today's closing numbers with more in-depth commentary on what's happening in the markets is coming up at 10 to 2 on the Markets Farm Program. Thanks for listening and have a great afternoon. Hope you can join us back here tomorrow starting at 12 noon.